0: Higher, higher, baby Can you feel it? Feel it? Feel it? Feel it? you Ooh, feel the same we behind it? i Cause Cause I'm oh, so oh, high we oh, oh, oh. I make it feel that so way run. Roll up, let's go okay. Okay. I've been high since the last song oh, la, 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 la. And i just been smoking and smoking Smoke another blunt, rolling another up Smoke a weird, they didn't know smith uh, fly. If everybody smoked the blood, relieved the mind, the world could be a better place. If everybody took a break, then we all just get wasted.
1: Smoke duck. Smoke down good afternoon. You're listening to Canvas Connor on WNH 103.5 FM. Broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and New we're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to your Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent. Go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit C first to hear all and hear all the great programs we have here. That's right.
2: W N H H.
1: Hey hey, Uncle Lou, how
2: are you today? I appreciate you, brother. Man, it's been awesome. We're having a good day. It's a good Monday, you know. We are about to get some snow. So we're just kind of pushing yeah. through, getting everything going. Once we get our snow, we'll do what we do, but it doesn't hurt because hey, we can smoke some more weed, right? That, well, it lets you stay in the house, right, and smoke weed. That's the oh, goal. I mean, that is the goal. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That's right, brother. Um, how's everything going out by you guys? Very good. Very good. Are you, are you smoking some new? Any new good good from the island or anything like that, Joe? Yeah, I got some cool
1: stuff from the island. I got me this uh pen, this cartridge, it's really
2: dark. Oh, uh, interesting. Is, like live rock. Do you do you partake in the medical market there? Actually, I went over and
1: just got my card renewed, so I will Very be partaking cool again. Um That's awesome. obviously everything that I consume does come from the dispensaries either through somebody else, a caretaker, caregiver.
2: caregiver, whatever, you (laughs) know, I'm not, you know, we live on VHS. We, 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 we do the thing. It's not about only going to the dispensary. You know what I mean? We understand maybe not all laws are the laws that need to be in place. So we do respect the caregiver model at times, you know, it's just about making sure clean, healthy meds.
1: So over here with VHS residents, especially because they know, that we can't um, get over there that often, you know, because yeah. it's be no here. So they they allow us unlimited amount. So I could bring back a pound if I want. Very cool. You know, and people do. That's the yeah. Thing. It's the it's the market, you know <laughs> what I mean. It's,
2: and the prices aren't horrible in the island either. You know, we'll see no. you know leveling out of prices through through a lot of things. You know, they're doing it in Massachusetts. Maine has leveled out a lot. You know, you can go to a main recreational or medical dispensary and pay 60 bucks for a pretty good ounce of, like, you know, light depths. So,
1: yes.
2: no, it's, it's not bad at all. Um, the prices here, yeah, they're about 100, 120
1: an ounce. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's good quality. Again, it's all local. The standards are higher than Connecticut standards.
2: Oh, yeah. To- the uh, indoor, fl- and it's indoor flour too. You know, yeah. I've gotten to see a lot of really good grows in Puerto Rico and it's all indoor flower. It's really awesome. They converted a lot of those medical buildings that when Pfizer used to be out there and things, and they turned them and down growing into... weed there now, right? Exactly. You know,
1: and the good thing is the structure of the law, so MSOs really can't get in, which is is really nice. So they were um very aware that they wanted this program to be for the you know, the people of Puerto Rico, the people who live here. So uh, they did structure the laws that way, which I'm very impressed. I'm very happy about. It. So. Um, but on the Connecticut front, I see uh, that they had a big hearing last week on Thursday. Stirred up a lot of controversy from what I hear. I, uh, I don't know if you heard anything about it, Lou, but. They, uh, there was a lot of testimony for like six different bills all on one day. So what ended up happening is that the different activists and advocates kind of really got split up depending on their various interests. So what I was seeing was a couple of the advocates um, testified for this bill and then a couple of the advocates testified. For that bill and a couple, and they all had differing opinions on what should be uh, what should be done. And uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about you know that's one of the problems with having thirty different bills up there on the uh, on the agenda, because now what you have is you know the up. yeah it's
2: it's crazy bro the amount of bills are absolutely ridiculous um actually i'm going back up on wednesday yes that's what i wanted to talk about this new um one on wednesday is a very
1: important
2: um it's huge for me personally you know what i mean because it's it's about amending the criminal records as well as letting people out as well as letting people work in the field basically so that's Anthony, you know, that's Anthony, uh, that's re- uh, Representative Anthony, no, Anthony Nolan from London. Uh, SSDP right. is behind it. Last Prisoner Project is behind it. There's, it's got a good push. There's going to be, it's been getting some, you know, nice national traction as well. So I'll yeah, be it's, speaking. It's, oh, you are very good. They're yeah, they're, there's going to be a press conference. You, Yeah. Oh, oh, you guys are doing a conference before the hearing. That's great. There's a press conference before the hearing. Jason Ortiz is setting that all up. So it's really nice to get the information out there. Yeah, getting the information out there is huge.
1: 6787, an act concerning the prosecution of cannabis-related cases and modification of sentences for cannabis-related offenses. Now, I'll post the link for people to submit testimony but you have to have it in by Tuesday at 3 p.m. You have to sign that's up right. to testify. And uh, the hearing is Wednesday at 10 a.m. And that's an important one. It's a big uh, one.
2: Yeah, a huge one. Joe, one of the big, better bill.
1: Yeah, huge. Well,
2: you know, it's a big one because it allows people who have been previously incarcerated to actually get in into the field in all fields. Because this isn't just cannabis specific as in for work. It's cannabis specific to get the crimes erased off the off the field and get people out of jail. So do it takes it one step further than what it was already done. So what was in right. the bill was already done. Those automatic expungements happened.
1: Right. So now what's the next, further, the, right. next the next step? This is the next step. Yeah. Yeah, this is the next step, Joe. Yeah. So and this this one is is really good. I think it should pass. Uh, it's something that I think both parties can get behind, uh, you know, as far as up in the political sphere. But I also think it's something that all activists and advocates can get behind. Um, I believe you know, that so, is something
2: that everybody can get behind. Everybody yeah, from all of One of those life. bills
1: that we all can agree on. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah. This is this That's is about I mean, doing the right diehards thing. Diehards that won't. But I mean. But this is about as, doing the right thing, Joe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're on you're on I the right agree. track with that. I'm about it, Joe. So. And then also just a little mention on the same day.
1: If you're up there anyway, uh, an act concerning yep. this is Bill Number Sixty Seven Thirty Four, an act confirm concerning the decriminalization of possession of small amounts of psilocybin. So that's right. Another one that is like uh, a stepping stone. To the legalization of psilocybin, uh, you know, and, and more acceptance of psychedelics as a legitimate medicinal uh, treatment. So I think, you know, it's following the same way that cannabis went. And uh, it's a start. It's a start. Mm-hmm. So those are two kind of groundbreaking bills that are going to be done on Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know the it's a big groundbreaking are, uh, bill, bro. Yeah, got up out there crit like crazy on Thursday, and I know there's a crew that goes up there every Wednesday anyway. So I think it's important. That's right. Even if you just send in written testimony,
2: you know, just let your literally just so written written testimony goes a long way. You know, showing up goes a long way. Yes, they do.
1: They do read them, so it's important. If you can't make the Zoom meeting, if you got to work or if you got to do something else. That's fine, but um, you know, it's important to let your voice be heard, especially about this issue uh, of, you know, resentencing. That's really important. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there and uh, let people know you you did too. So Please get out there and spread the word. Thank you for Jason Ortiz for all of uh, the hard work that he has—he's—he's
2: a—he's a, definitely a leader in the field. He really is, and you know, he's the C, uh, president of SSDP, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, which has been getting a lot of recognition through Yale, through the York, yet yeah, through their Yale campus. Yeah, yep. So it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, no, I
1: agree, and I'm, I'm a, I, uh, I love the that Jason's and he's a friend of the show. Uh, today we got Raphael on, who also is very. Uh, Another great gentleman
2: doing some really dope things, and I really look yeah. forward to seeing him, talking to him today. You know, so, so that's where yeah, I'm, I'm at. Really. To get him on. So, um, oh, yeah, soon enough, he knows where the time frames are, and I'm excited, bro. It's it's a big thing. This whole movement you is huge. The,
1: um, were you at the hearing on Thursday, or were you not able to make?
2: I wasn't. I was unable to make it. So big shout out to everybody who was able to go up and make it and, you know, everybody fighting their fight.
1: Yeah, I heard a lot of different, um, you know, conflicting things, not conflicting, just a lot of different stories about some of the ridiculous stuff that was being proposed up there about, you know, uh, um, wrapping edibles individually, single use vape um you know it's it's an interesting thing brother crazy stuff just showing how uninformed
2: our legislator is you know what i'm saying it is it's very it's very complicated that and it makes it so hard for everybody trying to do anything realistically right right exactly and
1: uh i'm going you know i just think uh we have to uh Hold on a second, I'm trying to text Raphael. And this is not easy when the phone is uh, being used. All right, very cool. Okay, yeah, no, I just think, um, we, you know, this thing, the whole whole thing, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we need to deal with here uh, as far as this legislative session goes because it just shows with the amount of bills they put out, especially what the Republicans put out, how little they are paying attention and how little uh, they really know about cannabis. You know, and it's one of the, you know, and there's, you know, there's tons of other things that people don't even realize that are in there um, that could really be damaging not only. Uh, the cannabis, you know, the rec, the adult use program, but the medical program as well. So, um, right, it, people got to keep an eye on that right, a more, uh, start to and, and understand what's going on here. Um, but, Lou, well, I wanted to ask you, what is your opinion of the bill to sell CBD in the
2: dispensary? I'm completely for it, in all honesty. Um, it takes away the monopoly that the four card cultivators have on the CBD business because they are buying CBD wholesale from like Colorado for next to nothing and then taxing the crap out of it and really making it more inaccessible where realistically if they allowed um, Connecticut hemp farmers to sell their product that's already up to standard in the state there then it should be allowed. And it, and I'm not saying opening it up to all CBD products. I'm actually just saying open it up to just CBD products from the state. You know what I mean?
1: From the state. And is that how the
2: bill reads? Um, Not really.
1: <laughs> right. So what, we what could I mean. end up happening is these dispensaries just ordering from Green Roads or...
2: Right. You know, well, a lot of them teams. have... <laughs> well a lot of them have their own cbd lines you know what i mean like cure leaf produces all of their cbd out of maine you know so they have cure leaf cbd you know so this yeah. is so well, that's what they would sell in their dispensary, right that wouldn't have to go through as much testing that that they would just sell in their dispensary like that so there's that horrible catch 22 that goes along with it you know what i mean Well, yeah, here was my thought. I was very much for it until I thought about
1: what about all the little CBD shops that are, you know, starting, that are struggling. That's another, right. You know what I mean? Like guys like Brian, guys
2: like. You know, I didn't even think about that, you know, because those are the biggest. Oh yeah. Those are the biggest clients for the hemp farms right now. But I don't, I think that the community should continue to support those those individuals as well you know what i mean i think right. that they're they're not necessarily the same marketplace you know what i mean True. the medical True. they have had the medical market has had to recommend smaller shops which is awesome you know what i mean that's the
1: cbd right right
2: right right but they they haven't like taken any partnerships with any cbd producers or cbd shops which is saddening you know what i mean yeah
1: very much saddening, and, and it should be uh, it's something that should definitely be explored. Right, and, uh,
2: and, and we'll see how one this that thing I, turns out.
1: You know, another one is obviously the hemp farmers being able to grow recreationally. And oh. at first, I thought it might be a good idea, but then I'm thinking
2: that. It might oversaturate the market too quickly. You know. What well, I mean? none of the farmers in New York are out on New York shelves. You know, and they had the right to yeah. do it. And then that product isn't even flower worthy. You know, if, and, if, it, and you know, the other thing is, Lou, it should have been done from the
1: start. And I feel the shoehorn it in now. Yeah, is a little bit, um, a little bit too, too little, too late. And if anything, if anything if you want to give the hemp farmers something, some part of the industry, I would say the industry, the part that needs more new product and more product is the medical. Right. I I don't know. and That wouldn't be a bad idea. (laughs) Once again, it would all still be outdoor flower. That's true. See, that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize a lot of the Connecticut hemp farms. I mean, there are a couple that are indoor, but are outdoor. Different that comply. Too. Yeah, right. that does not comply with the Connecticut right. laws. It has to all be indoor. You can't have outdoor flowers. So it, it'd be rough because that would be financially worth it. You know, I think the, the better thing would be to support the local Connecticut hemp industry. If the state wants to do anything, pass bills to support the local Connecticut hemp industry to strengthen that. Because first of all, like you said right in the beginning, why the hell are Connecticut-based companies selling Colorado based, you know, products to dispensaries and branding it as their own? Why aren't they using it? And I understand there's a cost factor in it, but if right. it's in the law, you you know, you gotta do it. Just put it in the law, make laws that are you know, it seems to me, Luke, the state of Connecticut just really is. Once rec, you know, adult use got passed. Like they seem to just forget about the hemp program, forget about the medical program, and put all their focus on this adult use thing. And all the other sectors of the cannabis industry just seem to go by the wayside because they make more money off. It. And you know, it's just a shame the way that goes. I don't know where I guest is. I've been texting him and I'm going to text him. But um, uh, anyway, right now, but I'm just saying uh, it's very interesting what's happening
2: right now. It's uh, a lot, you uh, know, and it's one of those things that over 30 something bills went in. It became a very hot topic. It was something that nobody wanted to be behind. Now everybody wants to get their name on something. You know what I mean? They could have backed into this bill with a better bill last year. We could have got a way better bill if we would have got the bill that was introduced by Robin Porter. You know what I mean? So those are the type right. of things that everybody's trying to get their word in now. They're trying to get their two cents in. They're trying to figure out make their, their mark. And, Oh, I'm going to make the program the way that I think the program should be. Come on, get out of here.
1: You know what right. I mean? Especially, you know, these Republicans coming up with these crazy crazy bills to stop the program it recriminalizes
2: it bro like are we here to recriminalize the plant we're not here here to recriminalize the plant
1: yeah and personally i don't think that they're going to get much traction you know um by breaking up that bill into small pieces and and trying to introduce each little piece as its own separate bill i don't think that strategy is going to work for them um You know, there's no way that the state is going to shut down the industry at this point because uh, just because the top, the the legislator claims that the cops aren't trained well enough to uh, spot cannabis, uh, you you know, cannabis driving while under the influence and they need to be trained for it. That's that's kind of a slap in the face to the uh, law enforcement industry because they have been busting people for this forever um so it's you know to me it's sort of um you know just like almost like revenge they're just trying to uh because they didn't get what they wanted the first time now they're trying to come in and kind of screw up what has already been done which to me was screwed up anyway so they're just trying to make it worse and make it more regulated than it needs to be, uh, you know, with all these different things like they were talking about with the edibles and trying to make the standards even tougher, uh, you know, and driving education classes, which of course we know that people who take driver's ed get drug education anyway, and kind of this is always included in that anyway. So why is there any need to uh, to add, more cannabis-specific educations just because it's legal. I mean, they already have alcohol, and they just incorporate it into what they're already doing, which they do. So a lot of these things aren't even, you know, aren't even worth the time to bring to hearing or to debate. You know, it was already put into law that the smell of cannabis cannot be a way to... Uh, a reason to pull you over. Now all of a sudden they want to change that and
2: make it so yes, you can Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole whole big debacle, you know what I mean? And that's where the legislation continues to push. So this just gets out there and saying, hey guys, if you don't vote, make sure to vote. If you don't go up and advocate for yourself, start going up advocating. It's an email, a phone call, it's something like that. And and whatever. Method or whatever you want to do, you know what I mean, right? It's it's just it's just important
1: to let your voice be heard. You know that I think is what uh, what I think people need to realize. Yeah, it's 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 otherwise things will get put through,
2: right? That you don't like, right? You know what I mean, and And I think that. I think that the information is out there at least, you know what I mean? There are some great advocates that really do use social media to make sure to get everything out there. And um, so everybody just keep doing what you're doing, keep your platforms moving. And that's, that's how we'll see the most um, success on whatever your endeavors are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I think it's been
1: obvious at least to me from the amount of trust that we have on, and every time I ask them what bills they think are the most important bills, everybody has almost a different answer, you know um, and so this this goes to show you know how many areas of the industry are actually covered by these bills. You have right
2: because to- well, well, you take it one step further because it's not all about the industries. A lot of it is about um, um, a lot of it's about the culture too because what they're doing is criminalizing the culture and that's got nothing to do with with um like the industry you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. oh there's raphael very there good <laughs> it's all good we were rambling on it's always nice so we're rambling oh, nice we're talking in a in a My bad yeah. guys how no, how no are you guys? Raphael. Think, hey joe why don't you throw in a nice little introduction there uh, well, I have an introduction for Raphael.
1: Yes. Raphael, he was uh, formerly with the ACLU of uh, CT, and he was entrusted with integrating web and social media best practices, teaming with his colleagues and external stakeholders, and driving optimal communication outcomes. He also directed and premiered a 20 minute docu- documentary about the justice system while applying a passion for drug policy, criminal justice human rights, civil rights, and racial justice. In addition for his communications work with ACLU and the Drug Policy Alliance, he is a managing partner of Basement Ghost Media, uh, which is his own uh, company where he has generated uh, digital consulting for many elected officials. So uh, Rafael, he left the ACLU, he is now with the Drug Policy Alliance where he's doing the same thing, getting out their social media and branding and uh, maintaining communications with stakeholders. Uh, so, uh, and he is a Philadelphia native living in Connecticut. And uh, when he's not working, he enjoys being with his family and friends, doing things in the real world. And he is also a big advocate for cannabis legalization here in the state of Connecticut Was an integral part of the campaign to legalize cannabis. Mr. Rafael Rosario III.
3: How are you, Rafael? I am great, man. Thanks for having me, Joe, Lewis. Miss you guys. Um, Can't wait to see you guys and hang out in person. Uh, But I'll take this, you know, I'll take this. How are you? Exactly right.
1: I am doing well, Rafael. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask you real quick, tell us a little bit about the Drug Policy Alliance and what you do with your work with that. And then we'll get into the, the Connecticut stuff.
3: Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, so DPA is uh, it's, uh, ne- the national organization for ending the drug war and starting to repair its harm. Um, it is a national organization. So um, though we do do some uh, state stuff, it's mostly on the federal level. So we do do some behind the scenes work on uh, federal legalization. Um, we've been doing stuff with safe banking, with the Moore Act um, stuff, legalization in, in Oregon and things like that. So uh, my responsibility is to handle how we tell that message out into the real world, right? How we say that on socials, how we say that um, on our websites and emails and things like that. So. You know, my passion has always been to influence the world, especially around drug policy. Um, and not that I didn't get to do that with the ACLU, but with the Drug Policy Alliance, I get to do that on a more national level. So right. though though we're working on legalization here in Connecticut, um, there's a bigger federal legalization that is still being worked on simultaneously. So yeah. Is there any progress on that front?
1: I mean, I know we had a little bit with Biden coming out and announcing that study, and then you know um, recommending the you know, the expungements for small uh, cannabis possession. But has there been any other movement up there on the federal level that would push us towards uh, more legalization, better policies, maybe even decriminalization on a national level? Because that's where it's really got to go, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the point. Of getting all these states to legalize, push the Fed.
3: Right. I think. I think the what what I can say safely is there are certain elements that need to be in place first, right? So paying attention to uh, the Safe Banking Bill, for example, that that's happening in the Senate, um, is a really important thing, right? As as these as states start to report billion dollars in tax revenue. You know we're still talking about something that is illegal on the federal level um so something so the things that we can do um there are, there are promises that biden said um and that we can hold him to one of them being descheduling cannabis um folks might have a um, you know there are pluses and minuses to all of this right um but his promise is a step in a better direction might not be the best direction um, but that's something that we can help and hold him accountable to. But Joe, this is going to be something that's going to take bipartisan support, right? It's going to be take Republicans and Democrats working together. Um, and I think we have that this year, believe it or not. I think we have yeah, no, I do, no. a consensus. So I think what we could see in the next year or two is a historic descheduling of cannabis. Um, but, you know, we still want to lock people up. For for you know we still want right. to protect uh, capitalism um, and that 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 comes with being able to lock people up for it so um, right. here's that well
1: well you know what it is because of all the privately owned prisons and the way that business we
2: definitely we, you know if I, I hate to jump in and you're 100 right on all of this because they want to lock people up but a federal legalization before the scheduling would leave uh, and this is just my thought. Correct me if I'm incorrect. It, it leaves it open for them to reschedule it versus legalizing it. Where if, and this is just my thought, if it's decriminalized, not decriminalized, but descheduled and then brought to a full legalization, they, they would have to backstep to put it back on those that schedule. Because once it's in like a schedule two or down Mm-hmm. Then it's controlled by the FDA. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's now it's who is going to be the governing body of this world, which makes it complicated. Right. You know,
1: absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's going to be a big issue when it comes. Is it you know? Is it alcohol and tobacco, mm-hmm. or is it FDA? Is it a medicine? I would right. prefer to see it regulated like alcohol and tobacco. Right. Because then it's more about. You know, taxation money. <laughs> and yeah, that part. And if you give it to the FDA, they're gonna play. It, they're gonna screw with it, just like they're screwing with CBD. Yes. You know, they, yeah. So. Yeah. That's no, it to be a big one.
3: Yeah, you know, and and to Lewis's point, you know, they're, they're that's the big fight that's happening on Capitol Hill, right? It is is who gets to write the regulations for for this now federally descheduled product, right? Is, is it big pharma or is it big tobacco? Um, and depending on, on who you are and what year you were born in and what level of advocacy you're at, right? Um, you, you, there, it's like almost picking the lesser of two evils. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it is exactly right. You know, so it's like, well, if we want to treat it like or regulate it like alcohol, then this is what we have to contend with. If we want it to be treated... And regulate it like medicine. Well, this is what we have to contend with, you know. Right. But it's kind of one of those things that, you know, if, we, yeah. if this is what we well, want, hard place. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, politics. <Whatever> you want. <laughs> That's right. Oh, politics. Right.
1: But this is how it is when you're dealing with the government, you know. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get it either way, you know. Absolutely. It's, it's, you're never going to get it. Exactly what you want. I think we really realize that and it's about compromise. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we unfortunately have to do that a lot. Usually the compromises always end up in favor of the, uh, the state. Yeah.
3: So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, I, not. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I'll say this. And, 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 you know, in our state, we have some, 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 like, a lot of different things going on. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about before I jumped on the call was HB 6700, was the hemp bill. Um, you know, it's a very controversial bill. Um,
1: yeah, dude, it turned out to be controversial, huh?
3: Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people are are on the fence about how to do it and how to do it right. Um, you know, I think like in in our space in in Connecticut, it's it's we're starting in its infancy, and we want to try to do things the right way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but we're also in one of the most expensive markets in the in the country, right? right and to and and to and to the people who shared um you know, I think it it made more of a of a confusing thing at at our state capitol, right? Because I think legislators are still on the fence on where to go with sixty seven hundred um. I, there's two things that i tend to believe there's one that there's there's enough for everyone right but then there's another part of me that says there are people who who had to go through these checks and balances in order to enter the cannabis market legally and when i mean by cannabis market i'm talking about the rec market um, right
1: i don't use that.
3: yeah you know and and to be fair you know folks having to come up with three million dollars is a lot of money um you know and 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 i think the social equity uh aspect of the whole thing needs to be protected as well so that's just my two cents on 6700 i don't not a legislator i don't know (laughs) i
1: I was saying I, i thought a fair compromise might be to allow the hemp growers to uh work with the medical industry since there seems to be a shortage there. But then Lou brought up the fact that the majority of hemp growers here in the state are outdoor growers anyway. Mm -hmm. The amount of people who actually have an indoor canopy that would comply with the state's regulations is a very small amount. Absolutely. And, And outdoor does not comply with state regulations. So we're not talking every hemp grower entering. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some kind of way to get them involved in the industry, possibly to be through the medical. Because that yeah. needs help. That needs help, right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: I, yeah. It. I mean, I, honestly, I think the whole industry needs help. You know, uh, yeah. especially here in Connecticut. You know, uh, I, I think I can't wait for the folks who were able to get in to actually start. I think for me, that's probably what I'm most excited about. Uh, shout out that to was Kinnard. a tough road anyway, right? Yeah, man. You know, shout out to Kennard Ray, you know, and his and his dispensary out there. Uh, you know, I and, and for the other folks, you know, I think it's gonna be really interesting to start seeing some of the social equity growers actually start to grow. I think that's going to be a huge I mean, lift. These I
1: microcultivators mean,
3: too, absolutely the Yeah. They put out. Yeah, and that's, so that brings me to my next point, right, Joe, and something I wanted to talk about is, I think, as we look at the industry here in Connecticut, right, you know, there's some people who shared testimony made some really good points about folks who got licenses, and who were actually able to pay the $3 million, right? And then I think about even the folks who had micro equity licenses, right, or or social equity licenses, who got lottery winners, who aren't able to create the businesses that they want themselves, right? Right. So we might still be two, three, four, five years out from any of those winners actually being able to open a real facility or, or real business. You know, and part of it is, you know, we were talking about some of those barriers, some of them being like, how are some of these folks who got licenses, who might not know the businesses, get trained and learn how to do this business, right? Right, right, right. You know? That's,
1: I think that's really important right now as the industry grows, is that education um, piece. Um, Not only for, like you say, who have got licenses and who might need some guidance on how to work through the system and, and actually go from getting a license to get their business up and running right but those people who have their business up and running where do they find qualified employees mm. you know what i mean because let's be real any pot smoker out there would want to get in the industry right but do they do they they know what they're doing you know? right do they know what they're doing when you know you can there's a big difference between growing a few plants at home and walking into a a 40,000 foot facility right? and say, okay, grow. you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that have to be done, uh, I think, for this industry to flourish. And I think education is one of them.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think of, I think of, so here, I live in Waterbury and this is a small manufacturing town and they're still pushing manufacturing training for anyone and everyone to learn how to manufacture so that you can go straight into a job here, right? I think about that, right. like, where, where is that for anyone? Like, there are people at different levels. There are some people who want to be in retail. There are some people who want to be in cultivation. There are some people who want to be in sales or, or in different aspects Branding, of this industry. Branding, packaging. Yes. Absolutely. There
1: are people who want to do medical. You know, one area I thought of is how about some education for doctors and nurses mm. on how to prescribe, you know what I mean? How do you use cannabis medically as an alternative to, you know, when you have patients who are at their last week, which just don't just send them out there and say go get cannabis. How about helping them?
3: You know what right. I mean? Them, absolutely. You know? I think there's
1: a, a, a real need for that. There's a tons of needs for you know, all kinds of education out there.
3: Yeah. No, I've seen it.
1: that. I haven't seen that uh, really come up, like a Porter and Chester
3: mm. for cannabis. Mm. You know what mm. I mean, right? No, I hear that. I hear that. You know, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because, I, again, I don't know if you've seen the the recent cannabis testimony and uh, uh, at the last hearing, it was just very, like, I just realized how much education is needed, not just. In the state, but directly for our legislators, right? People. Yeah, who... That's
1: another one. That's
3: another one. <laughs> you know, uh, we, you know, we've had uh, the the full explanation of of Delta eight and and you know whether or not Narcan works for for overdoses and things like that. Um, and it just highlights the uh, just the lack of knowledge for for not just cannabis but for drugs. Period. Right. Um, Right, right. So yeah, that's just interesting. Real, a
1: lot of these people have never even seen
3: this stuff.
1: Yeah, no, that's real. Yeah, you know what I mean. They have never even seen this stuff. Have no experience with it. They and they don't even bother to go out and do their research. They only listen to what they've been taught over the years. And uh, you know, a lot of them aren't very open-minded. A lot of them are up there in uh, in years. Um, yeah)
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> They don't necessarily uh, know what is going on. I had a friend of mine who, who went and did a presentation for police., mm, okay. she, she took it to the next level, where she literally brought up flour, concentrates, and she brought up products to show mm-hmm. the cops. And she was amazed. How many of them did not know what concentrates were. Wow. And, yeah. And how, like, they were so curious, they wanted to come up and actually look at it, and touch it. And, and at the end of the presentation, they thanked her because, you know, they said, you know, without you, we never, we don't get this kind of training, of uh, you know, as far as as, the, as, as you know, what to look for from, from the department. We don't get this kind of training so uh, they were very gr- grateful about that because there's so many new products out there that they that they don't know about and they don't absolutely. know how to
3: handle absolutely absolutely you know and i and i think it's i think it's important for us as advocates right um all, all of us on this call right to to not not just to be responsible to to teach one right to if if we know legislators and if we know folks in our families to teach them about what cannabis is and what it isn't. Right. To teach them how. Uh, what dosaging is. Right. Um, that's a that's a ve- that that was something that came up over and over again during the hearing it was dosaging and how much is too much and things like that. And, and whether or not. Yeah something was was lethal <laughs> you know what i mean i think somebody you know. legit even asked that you know
2: well you know this is where information and knowledge and all that comes up because there are there is a actual scheduling uh graph that the government put together so it's not even like it's an independent study but the government put it together and it put the levels of uh addictiveness to the level to create lethal harm i'll try to get you that um
3: yeah, no, absolutely. That I,
2: but that's that's one of those things that like it's proven fact that the, it's got the lowest level of addiction with the highest level. It's the highest for anything that goes along with like what it would the lethal level. The lethal level of cannabis is like 19 tons if it falls on you.
3: Yeah. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> no, there's right.
2: no level of cannabis you could ingest that will kill you. Right. And then this is the explanation because a lot of people don't understand what the explanation is. Right. See, cannabis it has an endocannabinoid receptor. That's one of those big words that people forget to talk about and shit like that. But because of the endocannabinoid receptors, it actually takes the it. And none of them are attached to the vital organs. Where if you take a, a harder, you know, drug that's you know um, an opioid or something, because opioid receptors are attached to vital organs. So you know if you are taking an opioid your lungs will shut down your 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 heart will stop functioning like you know what i mean like these are things that you wouldn't expect from cannabis because cannabis isn't isn't associated with that because they're not attached to those things so that's the you know that little bit of education yeah Yeah, Yeah.
1: a lot of sense and really yeah the fact that it's not that the endocannabinoid system is the receptor's for THC and CBD, and they're not the endocannabinoid system is not attached to any major organs. Therefore, right, it cannot be lethal and it can't cause you harm, like you say, cirrhosis of the liver, or your lungs could shut down, or you could have a heart attack because those receptors are located in major organs. Wow, that, that was that. Was, i learned something.
3: Same. So here's so here's a so here's a valuable question and answer, right? So I I think on a on a on a more basic, non scientific level, right? As a parent, we have kids, and we hear of stories of kids overdosing, right? And when you hear the word overdose, the first thing you associate is fentanyl, right? Mm -hmm. Um. and then you're You're, you're right right absolutely but but that's usually sometimes that's not the case right that sometimes it's a kid who ingested some gummies that he found at a smoke shop right and what i mean is the experience might not be enjoyable right but that's exactly what it is (laughs)
2: <laughs> well it might be to you you haven't been that but- high no <laughs> but- <laughs> like it's even so I, I, I have I've eaten an edible and not enjoyed it but here's what I, I mean on, here's what on I mean. Friday night somebody would say Lou you overdosed on cannabis Friday night my answer right. because I was I made a couple phone calls Friday night and I was like hey I definitely this this edible was not marked correctly and mm-hmm. I am high as a kite <laughs> they were like, well, did you eat the whole brownie? Because it was like a pound brownie. Like it was a it was a, it was a pound. It was huge. And but it was more, it was labeled at 50 milligrams, the whole thing. He was like, no, it's like nine 50 milligram servings.
1: Oh, I was like,
2: wow. okay. Okay. So so here's know. my
3: <laughs> so here's my question to you, Louis and the Joe, right? Yeah. It's and to parents and to folks listening, right? if I accidentally ingest too much THC, right? What right. would you say would be a, natu- a natural or easy remedy, right? To help me come off of this crazy experience? Cause let's say- Peppercorn. <laughs> peppercorn there you go. or
1: CBD, or
2: yep. CBD. So peppercorn is a is because of the terpenes in the peppercorn, it actually brings it down and that's the, um, that's that's actually what you would recommend through science. And you just sniff it. You don't, yep, you just sniff, don't. sniff it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sniff it, crack it. Fresh crack black pepper. Wait, you know wait, it's gotta wait. be fresh cracked. No, wait, yeah. You gotta take wait, it from you, the ground
3: right here. Like, I just wanna be clear. You're talking about me to sniff peppercorn that's been cracked for yes, you. Yeah. I can't
2: just chew on it or like just. Well, if you, it'd be powerfully strong if you chewed on it. It would be disgusting. Mm. Unless you're good with, you know, chewing peppercorn. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend chewing peppercorn. Um, God, but the smell work, of it, it like a work. smelling salt, it would work, but like the smelling salt effect of it.
3: Yeah. Mm, okay. It's so, uh, it's so not it's about.
2: Yeah, because now it's because now it's a psycho thing. It's psychoactive, is what you're dealing with. If you're okay. feeling too high, it you're you're having a psychoactive reaction, and aromatherapies would work with that. You're not having mm. a physical reaction because physically your body's fine. Realistically, you're the most relaxed you would ever be, and you can go to bed. The mm. only difference is your mind is racing. Like I, right. I had to stop, and I was like, "Lou, you take mushrooms." the mushroom trip is worse than this, but man, so, what's up? And I was right. like, this is like 500 milligrams of, yeah. And I've done that before. So I'm like, Ooh, I've done this before. So I know where I'm going. Let me right. get myself in the right place. And I was able to handle, you know, I threw on a video game. I got some mm-hmm. extra munchies. I ended up eating everything. It was a great, it was a great night if I was 17 or 18 again. But, right. Right. So, you know, so right. 40, a, the
1: thing is, you didn't even think about
3: calling the emergency room. Right. No man. You know what I'm I I,
2: so I uh I turned my phone off because I was gonna play video games.
3: <laughs> right. So here's my question. That's
2: kind of the
1: difference. You're a pro. You to <laughs> right call the emergency
2: room.
3: So so a legislator shouldn't have to be worried about ingesting a hundred milligram chocolate bar. Is that what you're saying? No.
2: If they're not going so this is where it also goes to the where are they getting their edibles? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, are they getting edibles from the street that they're not labeled or not right. produced right? Or are they getting them from the dispensary or the adult use uh, retail section that they are labeled? They're not strong because that's going to be another issue. A hundred milligram edible is going to be like 60 bucks. Just mm-hmm. you wait and see because that's what it's going to end up being. Right, right. And right. well, it's 20 servings at five milligrams a piece. And I'm like, mm, there's a one. Event thing. I don't know what you're talking about. 20 servings. <laughs> 20 servings, <laughs> my rump. Because
3: that's you, because it's you, because it's you. That right. But for a lot of people,
2: that 20 servings might be five milligrams a piece It might be that you're just eating one square and you save it for another day. Or right, right. <laughs> so right. But and that's what, yeah. So this is where we're almost at the end of the time, but this is where that, that information, that's why we're super excited for the social equity individuals to actually get on the on the adult use market because yes we have an adult use market but realistically it's the same market with the exception of uh big shout out to canard because he got his first Mm -hmm. the first social equity um dispensary is open in manchester fine federal like them don't like them don't whatever whatever your opinion of whatever it is 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 not going to take away from the first social equity dispensary Mm -hmm. coming up that's right like there's no there's no no way to drop that shine so, congratulations to him. And that's the start of the market because they will, they do have a commitment to moving in with people. Well,
1: we lost Lou.
3: Yeah. But just so you know, I agree with Lou 110%. Support folks who supported us. You know, Kennard is an OG, QRCT folk, and I right. appreciate him. And uh, we need to support uh, folks who are in yeah. this industry.
2: Exactly. And they'll, they'll so, got- one minute, okay. Ralph.
3: Go ahead. ahead.
1: Yeah, we're about we're about out of time, Rob. Um, so tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, I do want to plug HB sixty seven eighty seven being on hearing this week, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, So that's important. I'm sure you will be up there. Uh, Yes. So people want to meet you and talk to you. They can see you up there at the LLB. But how can they reach you through social media?
3: Uh yeah. yeah, follow me on uh, Basement Ghost Media on Instagram. You can holler at me there. You know I respond to everyone who, who contacts me. So definitely reach me on Instagram. It's probably where I'm most active communicating with folks. Okay, Basement
1: Ghost Media on Instagram. Drug Policy yes, sir. Alliance. Thank you for all the great work you do with them. Let's keep Absolutely. the growing. Raphael, I'm sure we're looking for a big announcement. All right. We appreciate everybody. Stay <laughs>
2: happy, healthy, and high. All right. See you guys. All right. You know
1: where you can find us Green Haired Media at Joe the Weed Guy. Uncle Lou can be found on Instagram Farmer Lou Farms. Uh, thank you all for a great show this week. And we will see you all next
0: week. I was going to clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Uh la da, da, My room is still messed up and I know why. Why man? Yeah, cause I got high, because yeah. I got high, yeah. because, I got high. Yeah. because I got high. La da 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 <sighs> I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Ooh, uh, ooh. I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh uh, la da, Taking the next semester, and I know why. Why, man, yeah, hey, cause I because I got high, because I got high, because I got high. Go to the next, one. go to the next, one. go to the next. One. Uh. I was gonna go to court before I got high. Ooh, I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wouldn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why, because yeah, hey, I got because i got high because i got high la, la, la.